most of all, we want to know that what we're doing matters beyond the job description and beyond knowing that it's just a spot to be filled. Welcome to the Impact of Leadership podcast brought to you by CCB Technology. I'm your host, Steve Shear, and this is the podcast where we believe that no one drifts into excellence. Join me as I work to figure this leadership thing out on purpose. This week's episode is a little different format than what we've done so far, and it's something that I've wanted to do since actually before the podcast was even launched. This episode is going to be focused on two college seniors who are graduating this May, and they are busting the millennial stereotypes to pieces. By the end, you'll be inspired by their passion and probably want to hire them both as well. Okay, so let's get into it. Here it is, my conversation with Isaac Life and Renee Jalbert. Isaac, thank you so much for taking time to be here. Um, I am I'm really excited to have this segment as part of the podcast. And frankly, it, this came out of an idea from speaking with my boss about things that we wish uh, we would have had when we were graduating from college. And uh, and you came highly recommended. So I'm excited to, to get into this. So jump right into it. Tell me a little bit about uh, what you're studying at Carthage and uh, what your plans are after graduation. Sure. So my name's Isaac Life. I'm a communication major at Carthage. I... Uh... I'm a senior right now. I just have two more classes left to take. I'm part-time this year because it's it's a lighter load and it's it's cheaper. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so it allows me to kind of transition into the workforce. So I took two classes in the fall that included my thesis. And I've got two more classes this spring, uh, which is nice and easy. Just morning classes and I can work in the afternoons. So when you're working in the afternoons, um, what are you what are you doing? So I do a lot of freelance work. I I'm not officially employed by anybody. Uh, I'm not okay. on paper. Uh, I just do freelance work. So a lot of that is my own contacts where people will reach out to me saying, I need a video project here and I'll do some editing. I have a client in Atlanta that I'm close with um, that sends me a lot of work pretty often. And then I have in Kenosha, there's a marketing company called Isley Creative. And so that's just two guys, Christian and OJ. And they kind of took me in last year as an intern and kept me on because uh I'm, I'm good for them and they're good for me. So back up just a little bit, because when I was in college and I had uh, some clients of my own, all I was doing was shoveling their driveways. <laughs> <laughs> and you talked about uh, some customers in Atlanta and some folks that you're connected with down in Kenosha. So um, fill that out a little bit more. Like what, what is it that you're doing? with Sure. These? Yeah. So I'm a videographer. I'm very comfortable editing within Adobe Premiere Pro. Uh, I've been editing since I was seven years old and uh, just have always wanted to get deeper and deeper into it. So for Atlanta, that's just a contact I made. Um, this is a lady that was a friend of, that is a friend of my mom's and met me when I was pretty young. And just since then, uh, I kind of got hooked up with her and started making videos for her. I forgot to mention, I own a business back in the Minneapolis area where I have a few employees and I, I cover city council meetings. So it's not super glamorous, but I've been doing it since I was 16 years old, and it's it's my own business, and I you know uh, employ friends and high schoolers and things like that. Okay, so now we're now we're getting into some stuff here. So seven years old, you start editing sure things. Okay, um, I was concerned with riding my bike and throwing baseball. <laughs> um, you started a business when you were 16. Yeah. So the way that worked out was I was 15. I took a few classes at a local studio, nothing big or beautiful. It was just, it's what I wanted to do. So I took like a month long class on 
studio production. I took a month-long class on editing, and the guy there liked me. Um, there were like three or four guys working there full-time. One of them was like, the, the guy who taught the classes told me, hey, you turn 16, you find a car, let me know and I'll get you a job. So I wasn't really going out of my way to find a job, it just kind of came to me, which was nice. Um, and so I was going out to city council meetings and recording those for uh, you know Monday night meetings. There were, I think, about 14 cities that supported the studio. They, they paid like $30,000 a year to make this studio exist. Mm-hmm. And they'd been doing that for, I don't know, 30, 40 years. Um, and their contracts were expiring. They were in 10-year contracts, which is just a long time to be under contract. Yeah. So a lot of the cities said, hey, we don't like what's going on here. The whole studio was kind of run by these this, this board of old men who didn't really want to change anything. They didn't want to get with the times. They just stuck to tradition. This is always how we've done it, so we're going to stick with that. That said, um, the contracts expired. Most of the cities stayed with them, but a few of them, one of them went off and started their own studio, and the other three asked me to work for them just on my own. Wow. So I've been doing that since I was 16, <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> and good, that's man. gone very well. It's partially paid my way through college. So I left high school, um, moved 400 miles away, but I wanted to keep the job. So I employed my cousin, my dad, my brother, things like that. Wow. Okay. So it is in your blood. And uh, I guess, I mean, I'm interested to know, are you looking to, to continue to work for yourself as you graduate? Are you uh, hoping to make some connections with folks that do own businesses? What does that look like for you? Definitely. I'm uh, just, as time has gone on, I've found that I'm an entrepreneur at heart. It's what I like to do. I find a lot of drive in being employed by myself. There's so many benefits to it. Um, this summer was my first taste of nine to five work, and that was really hard for me. Mm. Being a creative, it's hard to be on for those eight hours a day. Yeah, Those specific eight hours, it's it's hard to come in, sit down and say, now I need to be good at making videos. Whereas when you're freelance, I can take a day off and the next day I can do 12 hours on a kick or I can get up at 7 a.m. and work. Or it can be midnight and suddenly I've decided that I'm feeling inspiration and I can sit down and edit. So there's a lot of freedom that comes with being freelance. You know, I can go and get groceries at noon. (laughs) There's there's nobody there. So then, so who then would be some ideal clientele? Uh, We've got a a variety of people that listen in on this and I would love to help you get more business as you're graduating (laughs) from college and uh, then soon going to run for mayor or something of of Kenosha. (laughs) I'm not sure what your next step is, but... The people that are listening in, um, what what would be some ideal clientele or candidates or projects that you would want to be brought in on? Yeah, obviously with freelance, um, it would always be like a dream to find something that's consistent work because you never know when stuff's going to ebb and flow. I I just love making all sorts of videos. I love uh, meeting new people and working with them and collaborating. Mm -hmm. So it's it's hard to name one specific project. as I was you know, going through these notes and trying to figure out what I wanted to say on this podcast, I realized I really like working with limitations. You know, If somebody gave me a million dollars and said, make a movie, I wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't have a clue. Whereas if they gave me a million dollars and said, make a movie about two people in a house, you can't go outside, like gave me these, these limitations, oh, yeah, it'd sure. be much easier for me to set a story and decide how to work with it. Yeah. It's just sometimes things are too broad. So that's what I love about uh, freelance Uh, professional video work is that a client comes to me and says we need to communicate this message with this budget with um you know these people this is what resources we have can you make that work and i I do i wasn't intending to take it this way but here we are 
now I'm really intrigued. <laughs> what was the process that you went through to know yourself this way? I, I had no clue who I was, where I was going to end up. I traveled. Uh, I went to Fiji. I went to the Bahamas. I was <laughs> building huts. No joke. I, I, I wanted to get as far away with no electricity as possible. And here you are running a business remotely 400 miles from where it's actually happening. So what was it that you went through? What, what Did you read something? Did you get mentored? How did you get to, to know that you enjoy this and who you are? Sure. I can definitely say that my parents endorsed this interest of mine. You know, when I, when I say I started editing at seven, that's an old analog tape recorder that my dad set me up with and showed me, you know, here, take a few frames of recording, move a little brick or a, a, an action figure or something and record again. And, you know, you get like Wallace and Gromit kind of motion, stop motion animation. So that's, that's definitely two people I look to in how I figured this all out is that my parents were happy with me sitting down at the computer for hours and editing. You know, you hear a lot of parents saying like, get outside, like, yeah. go, go play with friends. And of course I did go outside and play with friends, but they, they were fine with me um, editing on the computer for hours at a time. Uh, there's not a ton of other people that I look to. I mean, it, I just, I kept being driven in learning more and more about videography. Whenever a school project would come around, that'd always be fun to do with my friends, you know, say, hey, let's sit down and let's make like a cool video that we're going to show the class. That'll be fun. So uh, really, it's just been me looking to learn more about videography and what I can do. So your parents, it sounds like, identified a strength that you had, pushed you towards it, gave you the white space to discover that, and didn't try to make you into something maybe that you weren't, you know? I think that's that's possible. I I haven't spoken with them much about it. I mean, they they really do insist that it was me being driven to it. Sure. Um, they, they tell a story about how there was a creativity or like an imagination fair or something in my elementary school and we I, I made like a video and my parents said that I would have won if the video had been a little bit worse because apparently the other parents and the other teachers thought that they had made it. Oh, sure. <laughs> Not me. Sure. The school and, uh, project where the parents do all the work. Yeah. yeah. So, so you just had to be worse at you know, right. If I were a little worse, they'd be like, oh, yeah, Isaac made that. Sure. Whereas yeah. they're like, oh, no, Dumb it down his parents bit. made it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you, uh, I, I know that I've taken this kind of a hard left turn from where we had talked about it going. Sure. Um, so what's the best way for folks to get in contact with you or to see some of your work? Yeah. So to look at my work, I would recommend going to my website, theislandmedia.com. Uh, just spelled like regular words. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. they can find it. So that's got... A lot of my past work, um, this semester I am looking to update that and push out more recent work and kind of narrow the interest. And I think I also need to make a sizzle reel. It's mm. about time for that. But that's that's a place you can look, theislandmedia.com. Uh, that website also has a contact form where you just put in your name, email, and a message to me. But I can also take emails directly at Isaac, I-S-A-A-C, at theislandmedia.com. Great. Right. So uh, my intention at the beginning was to see um, how I could get you introduced to people that employ. I guess now I should ask you, are you looking to hire people that <laughs> um, I'm shocked at how driven and motivated and successful you are already? So seriously, I mean, are you looking to add people to your team? Um, I've got people hitting me up all the time that right. are looking for opportunities. Yeah. Uh, at this time, 
that I don't really have enough work to be offering that to other people. And the work that I do have that I hire out is specifically in the Minneapolis area. Oh, sure. So if there are any listeners around uh, Lake Minnetonka. Lake Minnetonka. Yeah. If you're out there, hit them up. Theislandmedia.com. Um, <laughs> I was very proud the other day. My my cousin, who worked for me for a few years, asked me if I could be a referral for him. And I that like changed my whole perspective. I was like, I'm out here trying to find referrals for work that I'm looking for. Yep. And, but it, it feels good to be appreciated. And I, I will give him a glowing referral when that time comes. Well, and you are already, not to be cliche because of the title of the podcast, but you are already impacting people by your work. So your passion, your drive, and doing what you love excellently is going to impact people around you. It already is, man. I mean, <laughs> it's impressive. It really is. So um, as we wrap this thing up, something that just hit me as you were talking has to do with the term millennial. Mm. <laughs> I was wondering what uh, your response would be to all of the millennial talk that's out there. Uh, technically, I know you can't necessarily tell by just looking at me, but I am on the, the front end of the millennial <laughs> generation. So I'm interested to get your take. I have my own opinion. I won't state it here. Sure. But what is your take on all of the millennial talk and I guess hyperbole around what it is that millennials bring or don't bring? Yeah, I've I've been called a millennial plenty of times. Um I, I think the first time I really started noticing it was I was out on a video job and I was with a couple like 35 year old dudes and they were like, hey, let's go grab some Chipotle. Millennials love Chipotle. <laughs> and I was like, I'll, what does that even I'll, mean? I'll get Chipotle, but yeah. I, <laughs> it's you guys who are pushing for this. Um, I don't necessarily think that way. I don't think genera- generationally like that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. I, I don't see a reason to uh, box myself in like that. So I think there are millennials out there who are stereotypical and uh, I've heard stories about, you know, entitled millennials Mm -hmm. and how they use social media. And I think it's applicable to a lot of us, but I don't think you can say, hey, I'm meeting with a millennial in half an hour and know exactly who they're going to be. Sure. That's fair. Um, I I don't think I necessarily fall into that. I, I just don't like thinking that way of this when I was born defines who I am. Sure, there are some some traits about how I was raised or um, who my friends are, but I don't think it's safe to just write that off like that. I have been referenced or roped into the millennial generalities, I guess, and um, I don't think you or I fall into those uh, those stereotypes. And uh, I'm I'm glad to be sitting across from you. I'm glad to be asking you these questions. And man, I'm, I'm glad to meet you. Um, it Meeting folks like you and students like you who are driven and have a vision and are self-propelled, it's inspiring, man. I mean, I'm, I'm a little further along in my career just because I'm older, though. I mean, you're, you're, you're on your way. So keep I appreciate going. that. Yeah, keep going hard. Um, don't fall into the stereotypes. And I would also say it's going to get pretty difficult at times as you go on from here. But reference back, have a little bad day file or something that you reference when you can look back and see how your cousin has been impacted by what you've done, how your parents are proud of you because of how far you've gone. Um, look at your 
reach out to your friends and see how they're doing. And, uh, and, and by way of comparison from the vision and actual execution, because it's one thing to have ideas, man. It's, it's a whole nother thing to take those ideas and actually make something out of them. So you're on your way. You are doing it. I'm, I'm proud of you. Anybody out there that is uh, intrigued by this conversation like I have been, please feel free to reach out to myself or to Isaac uh, in the show notes. You will be able to contact him or you can you know, head back to about three minutes ago when he mentioned <laughs> all of his contact information. Thanks for having me. You bet, man. So, Renee, thank you so much for taking time. I am very excited to jump into the second half of the uh, the students portion of the students episode for the podcast. Um, and before we started recording, you and I were talking about this trip that you just went on. So before we jump into what you're doing at Carthage, uh, if you wouldn't mind going back to what we were talking about before I stopped you and pushed record. Yeah, so I was in Tanzania in January and I went there with my choir. There were about 25 of us girls. And what we were doing is we were spreading women's empowerment um, across Tanzania with one of the dance troops down there, um, the Abuka dancers. And one of the realizations I came to while in Tanzania is that they're not focused and in investing in time, they're invested in relationships. And the investment in relationships can be something that's really difficult when all of us have such hectic schedules and we're all so busy and one of the phrases that they have in Tanzania is haraka haraka, hyena baraka, which means no blessing comes to those who hurry. And I think it's something to really take to heart, especially as a senior who is looking at the next steps and who's looking at the next career to look into. Um, and it makes me feel like it's okay not to know what's going to come next and to take things step by step. Um, and I really appreciate that they're so passionate over there and their careers and what they love that time doesn't really matter to them. They just know that doing what they're passionate about, whatever it is, as long as they're doing what they love, when they get there, um, doesn't matter. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I, and it does tie into where I was hoping to go with the interview. So let's pop over to uh, my original questions, which had to do a little bit actually starting off if you wouldn't mind, talk a little bit about what you're studying at Carthage and uh, what you plan on doing after graduation. Yeah, so I'm a senior at Carthage um, studying biology with minors in communications and public relations. Uh, I combine those two together because I want to go into healthcare administration. And what I see is that there seems to be a little bit of a disconnect between sometimes the physicians and administration within healthcare, and I want to bridge that gap. And so I combined my bio major with a pre-med focus so that I could take the same classes that physicians and nurses take and understand the biological need and the focus while also combining it with the business aspects with communications and PR and some business courses and ultimately um, assist in bridging that gap between the two. Um, and so I want to go into healthcare administration following graduation. Um, and I look forward to hopefully one day becoming a hospital director. So you are very focused, apparently, and very driven, which is refreshing. Um, I remember as I was my first stint through college, uh, the first two years, I'm floundering around. So is that, did you know forever that this is what you wanted to do or when did the light bulb go off because the way that you're talking about it now it makes it seem like 
you've known for a while this is what you wanted to pursue? So when I started college, I thought I was going to go into immunology research um, or the study of bacteria and viruses. And when I got into the lab, although I enjoyed it, I realized that when you talk, you contaminate things, and I talk too much. <laughs> um, so I realized that maybe uh, in order for me to still be in healthcare, maybe administration was the route to go rather than doing research. And so I transitioned slowly into it, being able to stick with my major, but that's why I ended up adding communications and a public relations minor. Okay, well, that's great. Well, I, I again, I appreciate you articulating all of that. Within what you know about graduating seniors and yourself included in that, what are graduating seniors most looking for in a full-time position? I think that students are looking for stability, but most importantly, to be fulfilled in the role and career that they go into. Um, We wouldn't have spent four years studying in our majors if we weren't passionate about it and knew that this is where we wanted to be. And I think that while a resume um, has some great information about a person, it doesn't necessarily encompass all the long hours and the dedication that's been put into studying that specific topic. And so while some people want creativity and others prefer structure, I think most of all, we want to know that what we're doing matters beyond the job description and beyond knowing that it's just a spot to be filled. Um, So we aren't looking for praise for every project we finish, but we're looking for people who have forward thinking and a company that has a culture of excellence and wants to progress continuously. So are you going to be the person that's speaking at graduation? Because you might as well just take over my job with this podcast. You are so articulate, and I thank you for that as well. Um, I promise you, everybody that's listening out there, I did not prep her for this. She is just gifted uh, at articulating what our seniors are looking for. And if you are out there listening and you are someone that does um, the hiring, if you are in charge of recruiting You might want to pause this, rewind to what um, Renee started off with question number two, what are graduating seniors most looking for in full-time employment? She just gave you insight because that's very, very helpful. It is. Uh, So if your ideal employer is listening to this, uh, what would you want them to know about you and your strengths? Yeah, so I think that one of my greatest strengths is having a sense of purpose um, with whatever organization I'm working in and with whatever position I have. I want to leave things better than when I started and knowing that I have an impactful role um, on those around me and it gives me the ability to adapt and change with things very easily because I know that things don't always go exactly the way you want. And so having that sense of purpose and passion and dedication um, and having that intrinsic motivation is exactly what has led me to take on leadership roles in college and throughout my academics. That's good. Um, So... This question is more, it's going to start off as a statement, okay? So I'm going to read a few phrases to you uh, that have to do with millennials and the millennial generation. And there's a purpose behind this because I don't see uh, you necessarily identifying with these, but I want to get your take on it. So here we go. I'm going to read it and I'll ask you a question. From Time Magazine article back in January of 2017, here are a couple phrases or a couple quotes from millennials about their own generation. It's embarrassing to be a part of the handout generation offended by everything. I'm a millennial and I'm not proud. My generation is so brainwashed and could easily be conditioned to losing America the way we know it. A couple other quotes. Millennials are entitled, lazy, 
killing industries. So with that weighty preamble, what are your thoughts about the stereotypes surrounding the millennial generation? I think that these are all very strong statements. Um, And in some ways there's truth in regards to the offended by everything, but I don't think it's necessarily that we're offended by everything. I think it's that we know that there's something wrong and we want to fix it. And especially with diversity in America and diversity becoming such a large topic in colleges and in organizations, it's that we know that there's justice to be found, but it's finding the way to get there and realizing that diversity isn't about us all thinking the same way. It's about us being accepting of different cultures and beliefs and backgrounds. And most of my friends, we all work multiple jobs. We're all working hard on our academics. And I don't think that any of us have been handed it. I think that we're dedicated hard workers. We're passionate about what we want to do. We're motivated because we see the potential in the companies that we're looking in and the people around us. And that while maybe some people think that we're easily brainwashed, um, I think that it's that we're questioning things a lot more. And those questions lead to us delving deeper. And with the help of supervisors and with the help of teachers, instructors, and mentors, we can gain that information and we can have a more well-rounded knowledge of different topics. Fantastic. I didn't ask you this beforehand and I didn't actually prep you for this either. Are you familiar with uh, Simon Sinek and his talk that he gave that kind of blew up? There's millions and millions of views of it. Have you seen that or, or watched that on YouTube at all? No, I haven't. Okay. So Uh, For you or anybody that is listening, I would highly recommend uh, doing a search, YouTube, Simon Sinek Millennials. He is a huge proponent and would agree with just about everything that you just said, uh, that these statements are unfair and false, basically, is what he boils it down to. But thank you for, from your perspective, giving um, your opinion uh, that these are are false, that these are not fair to, to label people as this, but there is a way to work well with millennials uh, within the same generation. And oddly enough, I know that I don't look it, but I am a millennial as well, and I don't identify with these things either. Um, I had multiple jobs in college. I was an unconventional student that went back after two years of being out of school. I went back, finished, changed my major, had a couple jobs. So thank you. Thank you for for all of that that you listed out. Uh, Before we wrap this thing up, uh, there are several people that are listening in, I'm sure, that are wondering, where are you going to go next? And maybe even a couple people, I'm hoping, actually, there's a couple people that want to reach out to you and say, maybe you should come work for us. So if those folks are listening in, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? Yeah, so I do go to Carthage College, and so I use my Carthage email currently very heavily. I am trying to transition into a different email, but right now my Carthage email, rjalbert at carthage.edu. Um, rjalbert at carthage.edu is my primary email, and I'm proud to represent Carthage using it. So That's good. That's great. Well, I get why uh, you were referred to me by um, Carolyn Freach down there at Carthage. You are definitely a shining example of what Carthage is producing. Um, I'm proud to be sitting across from you, and thank you again for, for the time. Takeaway. Stereotypes are just that. They're stereotypes. 
Don't let them skew how you see great potential in future employees. Action item. Think of your place of employment and answer this question. How are we connecting purpose to the daily work that's being done? Have you ever been in a position where you had thousands of people banking on you to make the right decision? Yeah, me either. But next time, we're going to hear from president of Gateway Technical College, Dr. Albrecht, and I promise that you'll be impressed with not only the scope of Gateway's reach, but also Dr. Albrecht's personal commitment to providing an outstanding and affordable education as well. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Don't forget to engage with us. If you've got a question, story, suggestion, please don't hesitate to email us at impactpodcast at ccbtechnology.com. On behalf of everybody here at CCB, thanks for listening.